0: Welcome everybody to another edition of Go On Go. Joining me himself, our man from the lake, Roger Mitchell. Hi mate. Uh, hi, how Grant, how are you? You good? I'm very, very well. You've got a sparkly new haircut there, I see.
1: Yeah, um yeah. It's it's summer here, Grant, so that's why I cut it really short. Saturday was like 18 degrees. You know, like nice. um these uh these climate change deniers are having a hard time these days. I tell you. It's like it's, like it's roasting. It's
0: roasting. <laughs> we can't deny it. Well, the thing we are not going to go down, Rog, is the climate change rabbit hole. I think there's one way to lose half our audience. <laughs> the other way is the virus, of course. The virus. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. We'll, we'll, we'll skip those. We'll, we'll we'll leave both of those out of goal Crypto. and goal and we'll get to... <laughs> we'll, get, we'll, get to, we'll get to sporting goals and own goals, how about that? instead of instead of Where, where are you, by the ones. way? Where are you? South Carolina. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Most magnificent place in the world. Um, well, my friend, I've got a few goals and a few own goals this week, but I'm going to, as always, be a gentleman and let you go first. What do you got for me? Okay, well, the
1: the thing I'd like to start with, Grant, is the, um, the fact that uh, Napoli Football Club are 13 points ahead in yeah. Serie A. Um, and I know I've, in the past I've talked about, you know, his stories in Naples, yeah. but it, I can never do it justice, never, because the level of nutjobbery when you get something <laughs> like this in that city is, and there was this video that, that came out earlier in the week of Aurelio De Laurentiis, who is the film producer, owner of Napoli, and uh, a total, total maverick, Um, in his car outside the stadium and I don't know whether he was panicking or laughing his head off but you know the car was surrounded by these these fans going totally like shaking the car up and down up and down and like he's um he's I don't know it looked as if he was laughing or crying or something but then shortly after that Grant and this is my goal this week and this shows you the madness, not just of Naples, not just of De Laurentiis, but of, of Italian football. There's, the, there's this phone call that's been recorded. So what happens is that a fan, a, a random fan calls him on his phone and, and here starts already some of the question marks like, why does he have his number? Uh, but he's got De number. Second thing, De Laurentiis answers the call. You know, like somebody in his position, unless you know who's calling you, you shouldn't take a call. Uh, you shouldn't take... He answers the call, and then he goes into this chat with this hardcore Naples fan who comes across very reasonable and very um, erudite. So, I mean, it go. it's one of the funniest things you'll ever hear, Grant, because... To put it in context, afterwards De Laurentiis had to put out a press release to explain it. The press release went like this. Um, the phone call that's been going around on social media today with me between me and a fan um, was obviously full quotes of irony and provocations. You don't say we had a bit of fun and it was all false apart from the fact about the Champions League. So the phone call went like this. And it's all in Na- Naples dialect. It's so funny. By the way, De Laurentiis is not from Naples. He's Roman, so he is a little okay. bit the, for- the foreigner coming in, yeah. and he has done a magnificent job in Naples. So come back to that in a minute. So, um, Presidente, Presidente, um, are we going to win the the scureto? Are we going to win the league? And immediately full of uh, swear words, no, we're not going to win the league. And I'll tell you something more. I've just paid the players 100,000 euros each to lose the league because you've all fucked me off, all you Naples fans. And I'm telling you straight. And, I mean, I, I, it's all in Italian, really bad swear words. And, and the, and the guy's really, the fan's really good. He says, oh, come on, don't be like that. You, I know you love us type things. He says, I'm fed up of you assholes. You're always the same. You Napoli- <laughs> Neapolitans, you wake up in the morning, you look at the sea, you look at the sun, you look at the volcano, and you eat your shit pizza, brackets, because Naples pizza is shit, uh, and I'm fed up with it. cazzo, <laughs> which is really, really vulgar. And uh, this guy says, "Don't be like that, president. Don't be like that, president. You know this is all our lives. This is all our lives." And he <laughs> he says he says he says to them. Um, I don't give a shit about the tricolore, the, the, the scudetto, but I tell you what, we're going to win the Champions League. We're going to win the Champions League, and this guy goes bananas. This the fan, yes, yes. <laughs> Forgive me, but it's just the, the 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 craziness of Naples. They're thirteen points ahead, and you know they're in the middle of this moment where. You know, Serie A is all over the shop. Everybody's struggling. And and to be fair, this guy De Laurentiis is, is, is insane, but he runs his club really well. You know, like every year he balances the books, one of the very few. And, you know, he comes out with these crazy statements. But, you know, in the madness of Italian football, he's probably the same one. Wait, that
0: is amazing. I had, I had not seen that story. He, he literally said he paid the players a 100 grand each not to win.
1: Yeah, I mean, so you've got a fan coming on, you know, going to be full of compliments. You're 13 points ahead. And he just, he just, like, turned on him. I'm fed up with you assholes. You know, I've paid them 100,000 not to win. And this is what he calls later <laughs> irony and provocation. That's what he put out as a <laughs> press statement afterwards. Uh, uh, and you're, and of course, he, there is an element of truth into the whole Naples pizza thing. You know, because Naples pizza is traditionally very thick crust. So like for many people, it's yeah, like shit.
0: Chicago pizza, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So like you know, you eat it and maybe it tastes good, but you know then it ferments in your stomach, and 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 it feels as if you've put on ten kilos after the right. pizza because like it's bigger in your yeah, stomach. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, and just like, but that, but this is part for the course for De Laurentiis' film producer, you know, famously uh, comes out of league meetings shouting everybody down, you know, you're all pieces of shit, everything. I mean, like, he doesn't hold back. He makes yeah. me, in my opinionated form, look like uh, something like, you know, like a 1960s Blue Peter presenter. You know, <laughs> he, he is, he's, he's right out there, Grant, and like... Um, uh, and the interesting thing is, like I said, he runs his football club the way it should be, and you know uh, he's always been for you know doing things properly, uh, you know not taking any strange money or debt or anything like that. So you know they're they're going to win this year, thirteen points. I don't think they'll get caught. I think they'll do well in the Champions League. And and the and the fact is that you know. Uh, He's a shining light in a in a, a sea of madness down here in football because it's
0: it's really bad, really bad now. Do you think he's causing himself problems with this? I've just paid the players hundred grand to lose. No, that, that it's seems... just
1: it's just like normal. And and, and the the fan himself, <laughs> the fan of self, he says, "Oh, don't be like that." Yeah, I imagine,
0: know, Mr. President, don't be
1: like that. <laughs> you know, can you imagine that in England? Can you imagine? You know, don't be like that. You're playing with our lives. Our, our is our lives. Absolutely magnificent. And he says, "I'm fed up with you a lot." And I mean, like, and, and it's the classic thing, you know, like Naples, n- not an easy city to live in. Let's be honest, not an easy city to live in. You come no, out true. in the morning, you look at the sun, you look at Vesuvius, uh, you, you, you you look at the sea, you eat your pizza, and you go, "Ah, aren't we wonderful?" <laughs> I'm fed up with you all. I'm fed up with you. All. <laughs> Just brilliant. Total, total, total madness, but totally Just in character. Brilliant. Just and, and
0: brilliant! It is brilliant. Well, listen, we'll, we'll, I'm going to come back to um, football shenanigans with one of my uh, own goals this week, but I want to start. I've got a fair bit of golf on on the ticket this week, Rog. Um, I've got to start Good. with just just a fantastic own goal in in the golf world. Although for one person, it was definitely a goal. Did you did you hear about Donald Trump playing at the uh, the Senior Club Championship at Trump? International Golf Club in Palm Beach. Is
1: that is, the one? Is that the one that he only played three rounds or something like that?
0: Don't don't give don't give the story away, Kate. In, in case we haven't done it. So, so the, the headline for the, the the article I read was um, Trump declares himself the winner of his own club championship <laughs> in the trumpiest way ever, which is just <laughs> magnificent, right? So, here is here's the story. So, the, the say that it's the, the senior club championship, the Trump International Golf Club in, in West Palm Beach, right? It's a two round. Competition and i 'm presuming it 's stableford because it's um, uh, it's it 's scored in points right, so the first yep. day of the championship trump isn 't there because he uh, he was at a funeral in North Carolina of one of his big um, backers for presidents right for yep. the presidency, so some guy uh, is leading the field on the Friday night he shows up at the golf club Saturday morning to find himself five points behind the leader, and the leader being one Donald J. Trump, <laughs> who hadn't played in the first round. Now, Trump, it is his golf club, um, told the organizer of the tournament that he had played a strong round on the course <laughs> on Thursday, two days before <laughs> the tournament started, and he decided that that would count as his Saturday score for the club championship. <laughs> so, Why not? So he's played the course, completely different weather conditions, completely different course conditions, Different pins, different tees. Played that a couple of days before. Decides that he's going um, <laughs> to he's going to call that uh, going to call that his first round, and f- surprise, surprise, goes on to win the competition. <laughs> oh, so to be fair, so he's, he- he
1: held he's still on.
0: banned from he's still banned from Twitter, um, and he's got this Truth Social thing which he uses, which I, I presume is just you know, all Trump fans, and and this was the the the. What do you call it? I don't know if you... Do you call it a truth? I don't know. It's the the, the truth social equivalent of a tweet. He wrote, Competed against many fine golfers and was hitting the ball long and straight. The reason that I announced this on Fabulous Truth is that in a very real way, it serves as a physical exam, only much tougher. You need strength and stamina to win, and I have strength and stamina. Most others don't. You also need strength and stamina to govern. Absolutely brilliant. So he wins... He he wins. He wins his own club championship um by playing one run out of two and throwing another It's just it's absolutely phenomenal. I mean you you cannot make this stuff. I mean, up. are we living
1: in a simulation grant? I mean like it every day way. every th- there's just things you look around and it's just like nonsense. You know, like that 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 is that's bizarre. You know, and then you know, still on golf, I was um you know, there's a lot to talk about golf, but, you know, maybe we'll come back to it. But the thing that struck me, as, as, as maybe won't surprise you, you know, there was this spat between Phil, Phil Mickelson, you know, one of the people in the pantheon of golf, and that girl, Paige, what's her name? What's her second name? Oh,
0: Spear, 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 something. Yeah, something Spani- like that. Spaniak, something. Yeah, yeah whatever. I don't know you, um, uh, you know, the, she's a ex- girl with The girl
1: with the blonde hair. The blonde hair and the the, the quite impressive um, previous playing career. Um, That's her qualifications, obviously. Um, So uh, Phil is commenting on, I think it was the Dubai Classic, where some guy turned up in sweatpants. um, Yes.
0: um, Was it Van der Rooyen? He wears the the, the jogging things,
1: yeah. The jogging things, so that Phil had commented... Uh, Oh, they won't let us wear shorts, but this guy turns up in jogging pants that are sure four inches of ankle. She replies, um, and the the exchange goes on. That's the funny bit. The exchange goes on, and she ends it with this classic line, uh, Of course, Phil, if that's four inches to you, I feel sorry for your wife. (laughs) And you got to say, hats off, you know. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, no, she's she's good value. I've seen a few of her tweets, and she she doesn't mind mixing it up. It's actually yeah. it's really entertaining.
1: So, like I say, it's a simulation everywhere you look, man. In the serious stuff and the not so serious stuff. We did you see that thing about um, changing uh, gear a little bit? I, I thought it was. I thought I was reading the wrong or a mock up or a Photoshop. That Daily Telegraph. Page of the, the Prince Andrew in the bath photo.
0: Yes. Did, did you see that? I mean, like <laughs> with the with the things. Yeah. Fa- paper that was, faces, they were yeah.
1: serious. They were they were serious. Yeah.
0: No, I know, I know they were. Look, it's 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 bizarre. What's it going is on, bizarre, Grant?
1: This is end of days, isn't it? It's end of days. It feels that <laughs> way. It feels that way.
0: But let, but let me let me let me stay on. Um, yes. Let me stay on golf for a minute because. Um, there that, that was a golf own goal but there were a couple of goals and one more golf own goal that I want to get to um the first was the uh i don't know if you saw the finish this weekend of the the dp world tour event in um in in uh, the uh, uae i, I, Did you I, see I didn't this?
1: see it live but I, I, I saw the highlights yeah
0: just i mean this guy daniel gavins um for those who didn't see it, he comes to the 18th hole a par 5 with water all the way down the side and he's got a three shot lead um, so, you know, a double bogey, and he wins the tournament, basically, on the par five. Um, so he f- sprays his first tee shot into the water, <laughs> right? <laughs> Not a problem. He's still, he's still got a par, this easy par five. I want it? easy, m- makeable par five um, with his second ball, and he's fine. So he hits his second drive, splits the fairway, beautiful drive. Shades of Jean van der Velde, he decides yeah. to go for the green, which he doesn't need to do. Um, so he takes a cut at this, whatever it was, a seven-wood or five-wood or some kind of low hybrid, sprays that into the water. So now he's got a drop and he's playing his fifth shot. Um, Sorry, the drop is his fifth shot. It's his sixth shot. He's got it up and down now from a tricky lie in the deep raft behind a bunker. So he plays his chip and he knocks it 26 feet from the pin. (laughs) Long foot. And you can see the commentator's going, oh, my God, this is just a a nightmare. Guy steps up and holds a (laughs) 26-foot putt for a 7 to win the title by a shot, it was absolutely
1: extraordinary, Rog. No, no, that that's that that sounds amazing. I de- I thought actually you were talking about the the Rory and well, that was the, the other one. Yeah,
0: that was the other one. Rory okay. and Patrick Reed.
1: I, I mean, like I I was so wishing that the Rory had missed that part only to see the playoff. <laughs> Can you imagine that playoff? Like throwing
0: teas at yeah. each other. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been great. It would have been great. But again, you know, like I said, that's. It's interesting, Rog, because I wanted to ask you about this, because I, you know, I know you'd seen that. It was a couple of weeks ago. Um, but this whole thing about, you know, Patrick Reid throwing a tea at Rory, I mean, the press just made such a thing out of that. It was absolutely, it was utterly ridiculous, right? Because A, I totally understand why Rory blanked him. You now the guys yeah, of subpoenaed him on Christmas Eve. I don't know what, we, what he was expecting. Um, but he didn't throw a tea at Rory McElroy. No, I mean, it's no. just, it's absurd, the whole thing. Well, yeah. So they make the beef out. Of it. This is your thing, right? It's all about the beef. So the press makes some beef that that really wasn't there, you know. And then they ask Rory about it in the press conference, and he, being Rory, is pretty upfront about it. This is no interest in shaking his hand. He's repeating me. I don't know what he was expecting to happen, but screw him. Reid then comes back talking about how Rory is acting like an immature child, um, which coming from Patrick Reid is saying something. But to have it come down to those two uh, at the end and to have. Uh, and to have Rory hole, you know, not a gimme putt, to take the title by a shot. You're, you're right. The playoff would have been fun, but had there been a playoff, there's a chance Reed would have won it, and I would have absolutely hated yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. No, but what is his problem? What is Reed's problem?
1: Because, like, you know, he's got previous, he's got a reputation now. He's just, well, he's just
0: obnoxious, Roger. He's just an obnoxious character, right? Yeah, but, I mean, be smart. I mean, play your brand. Well, no, I don't think he is smart. It worked in the Ryder Cup with this whole Captain America thing, right, when it's all USA, USA and very jingoistic. That worked, right, because he could could be a dick and it played into the kind of febrile atmosphere at the Ryder Cup and it got the crowd behind him and, you know, he's giving all this cup in his ears to the European fans and, and all that. Um, it doesn't work on a regular tour. And, and you know, the, the own goal of that tournament, Patrick Reed was this ball he hit into the tree. Now, I presume you saw that. Yeah. Um, you know, he takes hits his tee shot and it goes into – uh, there are three palm trees. He goes into the tree. He sees a rule official, gets some binoculars and says, that's my ball, 100%. I can see that's my ball, which means he gets a, an unplayable lie <laughs> and a tree. drop <laughs> at the bottom of the foot of the tree. Yeah. And now, that's not – so much was it <laughs> <that> happens, right? <laughs> Binoculars, but, it's my ball. Yeah, balls get stuck in trees. Maybe it, it, your golf course. It, it, <laughs> no, but, but the ball gets... But the rule is, if you can identify your ball 100%, you get a drop, right? So he does that. And they show the footage, they slow the slow motion down. And I, I don't know where you saw it, but I saw it on the Golf Channel. And Brandel Chambly, who, um, incidentally, Reed is suing for $665 million for defamation of character and slander goes through the footage, slows the footage down, and it was absolutely 100% clear that the ball did not go in the tree that he found his ball in. Not even well, close. Not even close. There's an absolutely no chance it could possibly be his ball. So, you know, once again, you've got the same guy who's been in so many rules um, uh, kerfuffles over the last few years, Um. Pulling another fast one, Roger. I mean, it's absolutely despicable what he did.
1: I, I saw I I I don't understand that. I mean, like, I saw something after that that they were trying to explain that it could have gone from the first tree that it clearly went into and ended up in the third tree with something that resembled the magic bullet theory of John F. Kennedy. I mean, yep. honestly, we're in a simulation, sure. Grant. This isn't this isn't normal. These are all signs. <laughs> End of days. <laughs> No, but but, but but seriously, I mean, like, why was he have even playing in Dubai? He's in Liv now, is he not? So why
0: is he even playing? No, no, he, exactly right. So so this week, uh, so the DP World Tour slapped a ban on, they slapped a $100,000 fine, and they slapped um, a ban on the DP World Tour players who played in the very first Liv tournament. Remember that one yeah. at the Centurion Club in London? Um, they banned them, and uh, Sergio Westwood, Patrick Reed, and a couple of other players um, stuck an injunction on the court on the DP World Tour that allowed them to play. So since then, they've been allowed to play. So you've seen um, Poulter play in the Scottish um, Open yeah, and a few other events. Oh, the hearing okay. is this week in London. So there's a hearing this week uh, before the Sporting Arbitration Service that will decide whether the DP World Tour is within its rights to ban these guys from the tour. So supposedly, Patrick Reed and Lee Westwood are going to appear in person as opposed to testifying over Zoom. Um, so we will get a ruling on this this week, which should be which should be very interesting. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a huge deal, this, to see what the future is going forward.
1: It's difficult to keep up with that, actually. Um, what is this TGL, this prim, Prime-type golf league? You know, that looks like one of the things I always like. Is that not just... All the big names all playing with each other. Is that Liv or is that
0: the PGA? No, the TGL. Do you remember this was this was the thing that Tiger and Rory announced um, as a kind of a way to fight back against yeah. Live. So it's 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 the Golf League and it's in partnership with the PGA Tour, right? So it will be. Um, a certain number of players. It, yeah, It's almost like a live light, if you like. So it's it's a, another team event. I think it's uh Tiger Woods and, and Rory are the first. Justin two. Thomas,
1: John Rahm, Adam Scott. Yeah, it's Colin, six teams Moricala, of three. I
0: know Matt Fitzpatrick, Fitzgerald. I, yeah. think I don't know what his name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fitzpatrick. Yeah. So they've basically, you know, they've 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 announced the players, um, and it's going to be a team. Event, it, look, it's it's live. They've announced the first nine players. I think That's so funny. Um, it, you know, it's what you said at the beginning, right? They have to take on yeah, live with yeah. something, right? And this is this is what they're going to do. Um, so we'll see. May I just ask,
1: do you go on to this league by merit, or does somebody choose who gets invited? Uh, it's a very good question.
0: I looking at the names that have announced, one would imagine it's a little little bit of both because look, Tiger's world ranking is nowhere that's going to get him in this thing right? he hasn't played for a couple of years uh, but he's the first cab off the rank you've got you know the guys that they've got JT's announced John Rahm's announced Morikawa Fitzpatrick have announced but then you've got Adam Scott Max Homer and Billy Horschel um who you know are all great golfers I'm not sure that they're the the next three in the world ranking, so I I, I think it's 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 very live esque. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah, and much. of course we've got the Netflix golf thing
1: coming up that just looks magnificent, doesn't it? Just looks on. Un- it does.
0: Yeah, that was that was going to be another one of my goals this this week. Um, full swing. I think it, it first it airs on the fifteenth of February. I'm surprised they didn't bring it forward and have it airing on Valentine's Day, right? It would have been would have been perfect to see every golfer in the world say, yeah, we're not going out for dinner tonight. I've got to watch ten <laughs> episodes of a PGA no, tour. No, it looks
1: fantastic and. and um, the tennis one, I think, I think most people would say it was about six, seven out of ten. Yeah, we talked about the tennis one a couple couple of weeks ago, right? And it's yeah, it was does look great. Well, well I'm going me? to come back to Italian football. You know, um, there's so much going on here, man. You know, like, just, let's just go through it one by one. Uh, in, Inter Milan is bust. Almost certainly bust, you know, like the the owners uh, Zhang and Suning. I don't think they've got two pennies to rub together. It's a whole China thing, so which so you never really know how that's going to play out. But they don't have any money. They're 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 debted up to the eyeballs. Uh, Milan uh, Jerry Cardinale's red bird bid that won has been challenged now uh, because the other bidder was Investcorp. I think that's a Saudi fund. Apparently they bid more. It was all cash, whereas Jerry Cardinale, I I believe, is 600 million of vendor financing from Elliott uh, and some minority shareholders are challenging that. So Milan, uh, I think, you know, on the the field now, they're in a real crisis. I think, you know, that this turbulence is affecting them on the field as well now. Um, That's Milan Uh, and Juventus, Juventus, you know, like um, Juventus is a listed company grant, okay they yeah. um, there's two things that they're getting hit by one is the fact that they went to their players and said look uh, can you say can you say that you've decided to take a wage cut under covid so that you know we can come out with some a much lower loss Um and they did say that uh, sadly that wasn't the case the players only agreed to take four months pay after the end of the year the financial end of the year So, basically, they were just putting cost from one year, taking it out of that year, the one they had to report on and put it in the next year, which is fraudulent accounting. The other element of fraudulent accounting is these famous um, player gains, which I think I've said this before, but basically, you know, uh, Juventus owns me and Sassuolo owns you, and we swap uh, each other. We go to the the other team uh, for no cash exchanged, but we both teams agreed to say that Grant and Roger are both worth 100 million each. Uh, they're carried at the balance sheet at nothing, so that's 100 million bottom line, extraordinary profit, which uh, again, listed company that goes to the reported earnings. Um, they're in serious trouble, Juventus Grant. This is, this is really, um, you know, if they didn't have their troubles to seek already. You know, they're talking about sending them down. I said nothing will happen um, because here's the point. This is the the Juventus' defence. They've said, well, if we did do that, we didn't do it on our own. It takes two to tango. So every club that we did these false player gains with, and they've named them, Atalanta, Sassuolo, Genoa, um, they're also guilty, and of course they are. It does need two to tango. Yeah. So, you have got um, almost every club in Italian football in one way or another under existential threat. And, um, you know, I look at all of this. I look at all of this. Sampdoria, you know, apparently if they don't pay 11 million before the end of February, they're going bust. I'm looking at all this and I'm saying, that's the article I did this week, you know, why, why do people think this is an asset that could be lent against... Uh, and um, I just feel, Grant. I don't want to necessarily replay the article, but um, I still believe people are misunderstanding the severity of the the, the problem. For it's especially Italian and 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 Spanish football. Uh, English football is getting too far ahead. They can't compete. They're getting desperate. Barcelona's four levers. Um, the status quo, I do not believe it will hold more than another two, maximum three years. It's dramatic, Grant. And, and um, I'm not sure in England, in the English media, they are grasping the severity of what's happening in football, just like it
0: is in golf. The thing is ripping apart. That's how I read. Well, well, let me ask you, because one of my own goals this week was going to be Man City yeah. and the financial fair yeah, play ruling yeah, today. You saw that, I presume. So I was uh, now. I w- what I was going to do was it's going to be my own goal, but I was going to get you to talk about it because I know you'll you'll understand it better than I do. But I read the charges and I read the potential punishments for them, from you know docking points to automatic relegation to the championship. Um, so if you can talk about what's happened because this seemed like a very big deal to me already. It is a Roger. big deal. Now,
1: um, if you remember, and we mentioned this uh, when we talked about the Apple documentary and the Super League. Um, you remember that one of the, the, the charges against UEFA is that they haven't managed to um, hold the financial fair play line and they right. they basically gave a pass to both PSG and Man City and, and the Man City one was really that, you know, Man City tooled up with uh, all these lawyers and basically said to UEFA, we will outspend you in lawyers and you will lose uh, and UEFA caved. That is the th- narrative. I obviously wasn't in the room, but I believe that to be the case. Um, so UEFA thought Man City had um, road roughsh- roughshod over all these um, financial fair play rules. The English Premiership timing, you know, you, 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 you love this thing. It, it comes from one of your guys. It's not what we're being told. It's why are we being told this now?
0: Yeah, why are we, why right, are we well, it now? Here's exactly. the reason.
1: <clears throat> and remember the government regulator? The government regulator that the, the
0: independent regulator that they were going to put in place,
1: the the, the government to look after football, yeah, yeah. which the Premiership hates because remember the Premiership is a is a member club of twenty shareholders, and like yep. any private member club, the last thing you want is the government looking over your shoulder. Uh, so one of the things I believe they've done is they they under pressure they have decided to say, look, uh, we are self regulating. Look how nasty we are with Man City, yeah. That's how I read it, Grant. Uh, this is today's news, so I, I may be reading it wrong, but that's how I read it. But here's the thing with this. You know, what happens now? Because Man City have shown themselves not to be a club to take this kind of thing lying down. They, they have got a lot of, you know, the Simon Pierce's of these were These are hardcore Rottweiler managers, lawyers and everything like that, and they slapped uh, UEFA around. And I wonder what they'll do with the English Premier League. You know, are they just going to say, "Well, fair cop," you know, let's, um, you know, let's do a plea bargain and put this behind us, or are they going to fight it? Because if they fight it, the English Premiership rules, I think, do not allow appeals. It's part of the rules that you take away your right to appeal to <clears throat> other courts, European courts, and things like that. So, like I said a little bit a second ago about Spanish and Italian football. I think we're getting a little bit to the end game here in the English Premiership. I I I don't know whether the government's forced their hand with this thing about self regulation, but picking on Man City could be very dangerous. That's how I read it, Grant.
0: Well, it's interesting because it was as I read, Roger, it was like over a hundred charges, right? hundred breaches of the of the F over four uh, years. FFP rules of no no it goes back 14 years 14 years right this goes back to 2009 2010 so in that time um they have won the premier league and the carabao cup league cup i would still call it six times each and the fa cup twice during that time right so that's 14 trophies that have happened they've played in the champions league every season um and the way I looked at it, Roger, you're right. It seemed to me as though it was a case of, right, well, if we don't want to get regulated, we need to look tough. They've been down this road once before um, with City, and it got overturned, right? They, they, they got a conviction that then got overturned, um, and, and nothing ended up happening. But as I understand it, the, the, they're open if they get found guilty of this. To, there's fines. They can get docking of points. Um and they can actually get kicked out of the Premier League. Now, that would be a huge, huge thing to do, obviously. I, I guess they could on that boys if they get found out, get stripped of the titles like Juventus were, um, in Italy. Um the response from City, as you say, is extremely let's call it bullish. They've said bring it on basically, we'll bring fight you all the way and you'll lose. Yeah. Um But you you have to wonder, Rog, if this is if this is going to be something that... Does this open the door to a Super League? Oh, yeah. Does this grant? grant. Does this give them an excuse yeah. for clubs to walk away?
1: Grant, um, the the reality of how this ends is unclear. Um, but what I am 100% certain of, and I have been for three, four years, as you know, is that the status quo can't hold. It just can't hold. You can't have clubs funded by unlimited sovereign money um you can't have an English Premier League that is killing every other league in Europe such that Bournemouth can outbid AC Milan for a player and think yeah. everything and think everything is okay uh, this ends up one way uh with the big clubs playing in in one vehicle league whatever you want to call it super League um it, it, maybe it's the super League you know what maybe it could be the English Premiership You know, um, I said something this week about the problem with football is that it's the only industry that um, clubs, i.e. companies, are restricted to play only within their geographical boundaries. It's the only companies I know in the world um, that are um, prohibited from moving into a bigger market. Uh, So, you know, is is there a world where uh, the English Premiership is seen as the Super League and um, people start asking to join it? Um, and I mean people, I mean uh, Barca, uh, uh, Juve, <coughs> Celtic Rangers. Uh, what I'm saying, Grant, is we. I believe we are in the quickening now. You know, uh, there will only be one, to continue the analogy. I, I, I thought that one would be the Super League. Um, French and, and British politicians killed that. Um don't think it was the fans, it's the Boris Johnson going for a populist vote and and the, and the French the same. But there will only be one. These big clubs will play together and everybody else will have to reorganise. Just like you were seeing with golf with that TLG thing and everything like that. It's what the market wants, it's the product market fit. I I, I don't know what's happened with Man City but I tend to smell this as the burning of the blue touch paper this won't end well. And everything I hear around I'm even hearing things around the, uh, the Agnellis, I think, and the are thinking of selling Juventus. Um, you know, there's just nothing's off the table anymore in football now, Grant. And and football in the big scheme is the only one that matters. Football and an and, and NFL, maybe NBA. Those are the ones that matter. And uh football is is getting into the end game and it's utterly fascinating. And uh you know my view, Grant. My team, Celtic, was cut out of this big table 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Yeah. And, you know, burn it all down. Burn it all down and let's start again. Because the status quo cannot be held. When something can't be stable, it's better you recognise it quickly. Burn it under your conditions, not like a, a, a flash fire. And, and burn it down in a controlled way and then... Construct the thing that you think can be stable, so that's that's my reading. But it's been my reading for three or four years, mate. We're just seeing the, the yeah. It's just amazing what we're seeing.
0: No, you've been. You have to say you've been you've been way way ahead of this, and and I have to say it's um, it's definitely traveling down the road that you that you've talked about this whole time, Roger. And I, you know, and I wasn't sure um, whether you were right or not. But with every passing day, and when you get something like this coming up, uh, over the wires about Man City. You realise that this everybody is being pushed in a direction that that really, as you say, really only leads in one place, which is all these big clubs say if you want to regulate us this. way. I mean, look, it's ironic actually that um, all this talk has been about Middle Eastern money and guys with bottomless pits because they're pulling money out the out the ground from the oil wells, and we get a transfer window when Chelsea, uh, you know, Todd Bowley, spend, his spending makes Roman Abramovich look. Like Ken Bates, as somebody said to me the other day, you know, it's been it's been an extraordinary couple of weeks.
1: I, I listen. The, the word in the, in the industry is that he's insane. I mean, people aren't holding back privately. Um, but Boley. but Boley is Bully is in the worst example of you know you get onto the stage of football, everybody knows your name, and you go crazy. I mean, many people have done it. Um, Berlusconi did it in his time, but nobody can understand what bolly's doing and uh um you know he overpaid for the asset probably um interest rates have gone up which yeah, means but for- I mean, he's
0: overpaying for the asset and there's and there's you know what he's done with Modric. i mean he put how many players did they bring in this they spent what seven hundred million million this transfer window? I think I read somewhere they spent more than the three other big leagues combined. It's it's not sustainable. It's not
1: sustainable. Now, you know, the Saudi money, the, the Qatar money, doesn't have to have a return and in many ways is without a cost attached to it because of that. But American big finance has got a cost of capital. Yeah. And Grant, that doesn't stack up anymore you know the 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 there's there's no way that you can buy yourself. It's almost as if he's trying to buy his way into the valuation that he paid for the club in the sense right. that he overpaid and he's now trying to fill the gap with um some m a if you want to put it in you know corporate terms. You know, you found that you bought a company with some holes in it, so let's buy some companies and see if we can all make it work together. Yeah. I I, I think this is just another symptom. Call it a simulation, call it the quickening, the end game. But um, the Todd Bowley situation, together with this thing with Man City today, um, man, man, oh man, it's, it's, it's really quickening up now. And... Um, You know, I don't know how it ends. I just don't know. But then you look look everywhere, Grant. You know, this was one of my own goals. The Todd Brady, Tom Brady contract from, is it Fox, for his broadcast thing? Yeah, yep. Now, correct me if I'm wrong here, Grant.
0: Ten ten years, $375 million. Right.
1: Correct me if I'm wrong here. And if if I am seeing anything wrong here, I I apologise up front to the audience. I believe that all these broadcasters of the NFL have got some kind of exclusivity on the games that they've they've bought. Whether it's a, a, a Monday night, Sunday, Saturday, Thursday, that they're all over the place now, rightly so. But what I'm saying is, Fox have got games that they have got exclusively, which means that people are that are interested in the NFL are going to come and see them. Anyway, so you're saying, what do I need? Tom Brady for and what does that amount of expenditure give me back in terms of extra eyeballs for advertisers or and or subscribers and I can't see any rationale that that expenditure has got a return on investment
0: grant I can't I can't I'm with you I, I'm with you I mean with you you're, you're right I mean the <clears throat> they they split the NFL coverage across I think it's ESPN um, uh M- is it NBC or CBS or uh, ABC I can't remember one of the, two of the networks fox one of the other networks i forget which one and, and i yes, think it's BM abc split the games i think it's abc yeah you're, i think you're right um and so they get the games they get now does it make a difference when the super bowl comes around if that particular broadcaster has the super bowl that year but they they'd have it on their own they rotate that around so I, I don't really see why you're paying that kind of money, other than it's a vanity project that you you want to make sure he doesn't go to ABC, you want to make sure he doesn't go to ESPN, right? So you just you just pay up to get Tom Brady. Um, but thirty seven and a half million a year to call the games just
1: seems absurd. And to the me. guy he's replacing has done a magnificent job this year. You know, um, there's been a lot of talk about how this guy has been so elegant and um, professional in the way he's accepted his lot despite doing an excellent job I think it's just an example grant that this is the last days the last crazy days of people still thinking we operate in a world where money is free and you don't have to do any return on investment calculations
0: yeah well look we've talked about this um, many many times Roger in this on this show right? we've talked about what the what the rising cost of capital means and I, you know I think when we first talked about this when rates started going up um, you know, we we said this this changes everything, and I, don't, I think some people have got that memo, and other people haven't. And I'm surprised that someone like Bowley doesn't seem to have got it, and I'm surprised that uh, Fox doesn't seem to have got it. But elsewhere, you can see signs that people are suddenly realising that hey, you know what, return on capital gets a lot trickier when when the you know the the, the, the risk-free cost of capital is
1: 4%. Well, you know, like I said at the weekend, um, if you put aside the fact that these deals generate uh, big commissions and fees, there is no way in the world that I know about of corporate finance that these deals for buying the media rights of La Liga or the Bundesliga, I saw that one again today, or Serie A or Ligue 1 in France, there is no way that those are making corporate finance sense when, you know, they're returning such a small small return to, to, to those providers of capital. I just, I think it's going to end so badly, Grant. Or maybe it'll go on so long that, you know, when when the shit hits the fan, everybody will be, you know, in my towel already having a cocktail and who cares what happened 10 years earlier, you know?
0: Well, it's it's got a whiff of the AFL-Time Warner merger, Rod. You know, when that thing happened, everyone said, this has to be the top. And of course it was because it was so ridiculously egregious, this thing. Um, and it feels like this is one of those points where you can actually see the bell being rung in real time because people are paying these crazy amounts of money at a point in time where... Things underneath are changing dramatically. You know, it, it it feels that way to me.
1: I agree. I, I agree. I, I don't know how. I don't know how it ends. You know, I guess there's some people that think you know if inflation uh, is peaked. It's coming down. That means interest rates will come down. Uh, the Fed have got to bring it down. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe that's the the way it is. I don't think so. I, I don't think you do that either. But maybe some people hope that we're going to go back to zero
0: percent interest rates. Well, I mean, people. I guess maybe banking that we do. And um, maybe that's the bet that's being made, Roger. I, I, I think it's a a very dangerous bet to make for all sorts of reasons, but we'll see. Well, have you got anything else for me, Grant? Any? any? Well, just quickly, I wanted to uh, 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 own goal, and a, but a goal on, on the bigger picture, and that's Michaela Schifrin. And if you've been following Michaela Schifrin, the American female skier, and what she's been doing. No. It's absolutely unbelievable. You know, she's, she's basically one win away from tying the all-time – record of world cup wins which is 86 which um uh has stood for 30 or 40 years um and she's uh and this is Ingmar Stenmark who yes. everyone if they if they can name one Ski skier, is Ingmar Stenmark yeah yeah exactly uh and she lost the most recent race by 0.06 of a second that's how far away she was from a share of the all-time lead um but she's just she's just a phenomenal athlete a phenomenal skier she's won 11 times in 22 starts this season um which is phenomenal uh and she was close to winning again this last weekend but went over the last gate she was on schedule to win the 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 event and just missed the last slalom gate so she she lost that um but it's just fantastic to watch and she's she's everything that you would want right she's 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 attractive. She's got a sunny disposition. She's always smiling. She's just a, a sponsor's dream, this girl. And it's just amazing to watch someone, um, to, to someone get close to Stemmark's record, which is to, to say for close to 40 years. Um, I think it's yeah, I think it's mid 1980s. He won it. He, he, yeah. he won his 86th event. Yeah. Um, and, and when, when you watch this and, and I don't watch skiing, but I've watched a bit recently because I wanted to see her win this record beat this record and you know when you watch downhill skiers it is terrifying yeah. watching these guys do what they do you know i mean there, there are the TV makes are it look less terrifying but when you see it live yeah. it's just i mean you, you only really understand the jeopardy when you see one of them catch an edge and go over right and you realize that the peril i mean these guys are flying down these slopes which are basically sheet ice at speeds that make your head spin. Um, it's just, it's an unbelievable sport, Roger. And, I, and I'm, I, I can ski, but I'm not a good skier. And when I see myself going down these funny these slopes, you know, with every single muscle in my body tense as I try and do a turn to avoid myself falling over yeah. again, about seven yeah. miles an hour, yeah. you watch these guys. It's, it's, it's just remarkable. It's just remarkable what she's done and fantastic to watch her try and get this record. You know, you know what would be a, a way to try and get the record um probably be quite an
1: interesting project. Get a really good man skier. Tell them to
0: identify as a woman. And <laughs> right. I'm not joking, Grant. Well, because... this is no, this, no, but this is this her record, that's the beauty of this. Her record is all gender. Right? This is this is this is just the record for World Cup wins. So Stemark yeah. holds it at the moment, A man holds it at the moment and she'll hold it. Yeah, but what I'm saying is if she, like, if a, a, a man
1: who identifies a woman on any sport can break all kinds of records. Uh, and, and and you know I I I I keep believing this. I, I'm sure a lot of people don't like to hear this, but I say it from the goodness of of, of my heart. I think that women have spent so much time trying to uh, emerge as real sports people of excellence in their own right. Get coverage. Get the right this the equal pay and they, they, I mean, they, they've worked hard at it and they've made huge progress. Uh, against, you know, proper sexism and misogyny over the years. And how tragically ironic is it that those efforts will probably be killed by a guy saying that he's a transgender and competing against them and taking all their hopes away? I don't know. And I I think I know the answer. It's just that people are too scared to say it. But I don't know why that isn't a bigger issue because it's going to kill women's sport.
0: Yeah, look, we've had this conversation with the swimmer, Leah Hall, or Leah, Leah Phillips, um, back in whatever it was, six months ago, eight months ago, um, and it, it kind of bubbled up then and it quietened down again, Rog. Um, but I think you're right. This is not a story that is going to end well and it's going gonna, it's gonna to get much bigger once um, the sort of things you describe start happening and, and a lot of these records start falling to transgender athletes. I think it, it it's going to become a bigger thing. Because how can it not? Right, you're right. It, it, it's it's Human nature, people try and cheat. Women have have spent their whole lives training and you know trying to beat the competition. Suddenly, you introduce a new element to it, and it means that no matter how hard they train, how hard they compete, they're outmatched from a from a physical standpoint. So we'll see. Maybe we should um, invite Nicholas Sturgeon on the show to talk about. Oh, that's these been a, that watching, has been a big be big story
1: up there. You know, like I was up in Scotland when the story broke. The, the well, t- t- tell the people that story, because people might not have seen that story. Actually. Well, it's a tragic story, and, and, and you know, it's funny what brings down politicians, and nobody would probably bet this would, but I think she's clinging on by the fingernails. Um, this man, a man, um, raped two women, um, was convicted, and then declared himself that he identified as a woman, and changed his name, and... Began getting photographed looking like Daniel LaRue. I'm not joking, Grant. This is a I know like a, a Scottish thug guy, you know, dressing like that, you know, and it's it looked ridiculous. But the point was that because he identified as a woman, the news reporting. It was actually quite funny how much in a tango they got themselves into because they said uh, the crime uh, was committed by a man at that point known as this. Uh, This woman is now being convicted of that crime. Who's now called that and she will go to a woman's prison. And, you know, to the credit of the Scottish people, they said in classic Scottish way, nah, you're not on. You know, we'll take a lot of shit in this stuff, but we are not putting a man rapist in a woman's prison. And S- Sturgeon's tried to wiggle out of it and, and so, you know, intellectualise it and everything
0: like that, but, you know, it's it's not working. It's- She's failed miserably. I mean, I, I saw a clip of her being, having her feet held to the fire. by. I mean, it's so easy for the reporters, if they want to do it, to tie her up in knots, and, of course, a couple of them have. Because there's no there's no way around, there's no way to keep your agenda intact and get out of this, right? You've either got to set fire to your agenda or you've got to look absolutely ridiculous in order to keep your agenda attached. And she's between a rock and a hard place and floundering massively.
1: You know, I, th- I I may be wrong, but I think her government is is a coalition with the Green Party that has got a very strong agenda on, on these kind of issues and... You know she's between a rock and a hard place. I have no sympathy for her, I, I don't have a strong opinion on Scottish politics. I'm certainly not for independence, but um, it's this whole thing is just this awful. But on a lighter note, on in the same kind of area, I'll, I'll finish with this. Have you seen that film on? I think it's Netflix called You People. Have you seen it yet?
0: Oh, do you know what? I started watching it. Um, Eddie Murphy yeah. and Seth Rogen, right? Not Seth Rogen. Jonah Hill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I started watching it. I didn't get all the way through it. Really? Yeah, I, 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 it was alright. It was a bit. I don't know. I, 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 I think I know what you're going to say, but I'll let you say it because I agreed with what you're. I think you're going to say. Let's see if I'm right. Well, you know, first of all, you
1: know, I thought it was really well acted. I thought Jonah Hill was great. Um, I, I think they're dealing with a subject matter that is incendiary now, almost untouchable to comment on in in, in America. You know, race. This is a story about. Two families, well,
0: race and religion,
1: right? Uh, yeah, race and religion—they yeah, got in there. Yeah, uh, a, a Jewish family, uh, Jonah Hill's family. Uh, he uh, gets engaged to a black girl, uh, Eddie Murphy's daughter, and obviously the gag is that um, the Jewish family is a very much a, a Jewish mother family, and, and the mother is stereotypically that, um, and uh, Eddie Murphy is, you know comes across as this kind of like aggressive, um, you know, Malcolm X following Muslim black yeah. guy, um, and the the parents are, are seen as old fashioned and not with modern America, which is nothing to do with all these statements of difference. Um, the I I, th- I thought it was pretty good, you know, like I I thought the the. Um, they covered it well. The thing I don't think you were going to think that I was going to say this. The thing I, I liked about it was the the thing about the shoes. You know the the sneakers. Yeah. You know, the, there's a big thing about you know wearing the right sneakers and everything like that. And you know, two 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 things this week, I thought that's so clever. You know. Uh, you know, the, the whole Tiffany and Nike uh, partnership with LeBron to wear those sneakers and you see him coming into the stadium and they're focused on those Tiffany sneakers uh, and everything like that. And then I saw another thing where I think it was Jake Paul who was fighting this guy or they were kind of like um, doing the, the trash talking before their upcoming fight and Jake Paul with his m- mobile phone um, focuses on the guy's sneakers which would i think were very basic new balance sneakers and said look i'm fighting a guy that wears this shit look at that you know so the the point is that sneakers are a big thing now they're a big part of american culture and anyway in terms of like commenting on american culture um, i thought the film was pretty decent. I thought they took a very difficult subject
0: matter, and
1: certainly got away with it. I thought they got away with it, Grant.
0: Yeah, no, I, no, I thought it was good. I thought it was. I thought it was good. I just, I just found it too predictable. I, I, just, I knew exactly what was going to happen at every turn. That's why I turned it off. But I thought they, as you say, they handled the, ra- the race and religion thing really well because it was funny, and they said things that you kind of go, "Oh, you can't say that in real life," but they, but they did it really, really yeah. well in terms of winding it back. I agree, but I just found I, I I knew every scene, two scenes before it happened. You just knew what was going to happen. You knew, oh, I don't I want to give anyone a spoiler alert, but I, I I knew everything that was going to happen. I just got kind of bored with it because I I didn't there was there was no surprises for well, it. Well, the
1: interesting thing was that he he Jonah Hill has got a, a podcast, a culture podcast with this um, black co presenter that. I just think it's so bang on you know it's exactly the kind of thing that would be out there just now, but yeah that you know yeah. commenting on that. uh and you know it, it's a thing and 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 you know the, the the way to finish is probably in a sporting note is um it's with great pleasure that you know this is going to be the first super Bowl with two black quarterbacks um uh, American society has changed uh and you know it's changed for the better I think and um It's good to see It's good to see that They need to do a lot more In getting uh, minorities Into the the front office And the coaching thing But um, uh, They'll get there I think I think So like Let's look at the Super Bowl And see who brings that home Fantastic.
0: Well, you're right. I think it is a perfect way to wrap it up, Rog. Right on time as well. How about that? An hour gone. Perfect. Um, well, listen, matey, it's always a fun doing these. Thank you for staying up late to do this in Italy, although it sounds like it's boiling hot, so it might have cooled down enough for you to go to bed now. Uh, thanks to you for listening, as always. We really appreciate each and every one of you. Um, you can follow us on Twitter if you're not doing so already. You'll find us at Entertained R. that's the word A-R-E. Uh, you'll find me on Twitter, lurking around at T T M Y G H.
1: And you can find myself at RPM Como, as in the lake. As
0: in the lake. Hope your call gets better, mate, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you very much. Take care, Grant. Bye-bye.